You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. We're your hosts, Bo Brock, your boy Q. Last night, no Thursday night football. Twitter was down yesterday for a few hours. I'm still trying to put my life back together. It was like 4.30 last night, and I was thinking about going to bed. I just didn't have anything to do. No football, no Twitter. Q, how are you holding up, my man? I'm doing well, man. And and the reason for that is, well, the Raiders, and I'm the host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, coming off that 40-32 to 32 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs and then going to a bye week. Yeah, I mean, you can't really tell me anything. I mean, I'm, I'm really floating on cloud nine, and I'll keep on floating on cloud nine until, well, the Raiders meet up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, a Sunday from now. It'll be Sunday night football. That looks like an exciting game. But uh, right now, when you, you, you knock off the, the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, you, you have the right to feel pretty good about yourself. Oh, it always feels good. Drink it in, Q. You deserve it. Vegas, they deserve their bye week. Derek Carr's balling out. Is it is it outrageous to put him into the early, too early MVP conversation? I mean, it's funny that you say that because there's been multiple people that have talked about that. And I'm like, yeah, it's too early, too early, too early. But if you look at the numbers that he has, just at a number standpoint, you know, he's actually very comparable to some of the guys and some of the the, the recent uh, winners of the MVP race. So I would say yes, because it is early. And ultimately, I think it just boils down to wins as well. And the Raiders sitting at three and two in their bye week. That's good. But now you got to build on that. You just can't rest all season on a win over Kansas City. Now you got to go build on that. So uh, we may revisit this conversation a little bit later on down the road. But right now, I will say it's too early for that conversation. Well, you talk about comparing two guys. I mean, there's Patrick Mahomes, 1,400 yards passing. Derek Carr, 1,400 yards passing. Derek Carr, 11 touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 13 touchdowns, both with just one interception. Taking care of the football can do wonders for everybody's football team. We've got a lot to get into. Despite no Thursday night football game, the recap from last night, because that's the Bills. They played on Tuesday. They're going to take their matchup with the Chiefs. They're going to play that game Monday night. And speaking of the Chiefs, the defending champs are adding a big name to their roster with running back Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's impact. Like, did the rich get richer or is Le'Veon going to ruin a good thing? We'll get into that conversation. Plus, we're going to play contender or pretender on this edition of Locked On NFL. And also, we've got our guy Chad Millman. He went 4-1 and one last week betting against the spreads. This week, he's back with us. Are we riding on the coattails of an interim head coach for the second straight week? You'll find that out later in the podcast. And are we going to see fireworks between the Browns and the Steelers in a huge AFC North game on Sunday? We'll answer that once we crack the six-pack. We're going to get into all of that, Q, and I can't wait. No, not at all. Me either. But before we do that, let's go ahead and tell them about the title sponsor of today's show, Pepsi. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And right now, you can go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. So earlier this week, Le'Veon Bell, he was released unceremoniously from the New York Jets. 
just in the second season of his pact with New York. It was just an absolute disaster from the get-go. Basically, gangrene paying him $6 million to just go away. And then Thursday evening, it came down, and Le'Veon Bell is on like the Lane Kiffin plan for failing up. That's kind <laughs> of an old reference. But he signed a deal with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Q, I ask you, did the rich get richer, or is Le'Veon going to mess up a good thing? I mean, it's funny. It's kind of a two-parted answer, Bo. I mean, the rich got richer because Le'Veon Bell is a talent. I'm not going to take him from, from that and say that he's not, you know. But I will say he's a few seasons removed from being the Le'Veon Bell that everyone fell in love with, the guy who was one of the most dominant running backs slash wide receivers because he played multiple roles. I mean, obviously a dominant running back, but also uh, catches the ball in the backfield. He's able to block. He was a guy that never came off the field. He's a few seasons removed from that, you know, after sitting out a year uh, trying to get his contract that he wanted from Pittsburgh. They didn't give it to him, so he missed the whole calendar year, and I don't know if he's ever really recovered from that. So, yes, the rich got richer. I just don't think... I think it's more like having a luxury. You know what I mean? I think it's just having another toy, but not necessarily a toy that you need. It's just... It's nice to have... And maybe if, you know, a guy goes down, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I really like what he's bringing to the table. I think he brings a lot of juice to the table, uh, which happens to be Le'Veon Bell's hip-hop name, Juice. So uh, he, he's bringing the juice without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but I think it's just, hey, you know what? In case of emergency, we'll break glass if we need this guy. We don't need him, but we got him. That is, uh, I, I, I learned something tonight, I, <laughs> this morning. I didn't know that he had a hip-hop name. I didn't know it was Juice. But uh, at 28 years old, 3.3 yards per carry, he's a long time removed, 2017, when we were calling this guy the Steph Curry of the NFL. Remember that? Yes, yes, yeah. He, he's definitely a long time removed from that. And in between that time, he said, thanks, but no thanks to a five-year, $70 million deal. He also sat out 2018, pretty much gave the Heisman the $14 million one-year franchise tender. But here's why I'm intrigued by this cue, and it's because Andy Reid is no stranger to problem child players. Right. He did it in Philadelphia with T.O. He brought back Mike Vick after prison. He drafted Tyreek Hill in the fifth round despite his pre-draft issues, and that's like... That's really cleaning that up. Andy Reid has added some much-needed depth to the running back position, and I think it's kind of a low-risk, high-reward move if Le'Veon Bell has anything left in the tank. Agreed. No, agreed. Especially with the money that they're going to pay him. They give him a one-year deal. It's incentive-laden. You know, of course, the Jets are paying the majority of his deal. He's supposed to make a $6 million, like you mentioned. He already made $28 million from the Jets. And really, I mean, he scored four total touchdowns in his Jet career. So uh, he, he basically uh, made $7 million per touchdown. And uh, he lost out on the big, long money deal that he was looking for, the whole reason he held out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But either way you look at it, man, he uh, he, he, he got paid his as well as he could in New York. And uh, now he's still going to get paid, even though he's going to be playing for the Chiefs. And now he has an opportunity to win a ring, which is, uh, according to him, very important. So uh, it should be exciting to see how Andy Reid uses him. I just don't think it's like, a, okay, that's that's a you know game over. You know, the Chiefs are now right. slot him into the Super Bowl because now they're going. I just think he's an extra piece. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now the Chiefs, I think, I don't know anybody, nobody's going to disagree that the Chiefs, despite their loss to your Raiders, Q, <laughs> they are contenders. They are no absolutely contenders even without Le'Veon Bell they are a contender I think you and I will both agree with that but we have four teams we want to look at before we get into our six pack today of who we believe two are contenders and we believe have a shot at potentially hoisting the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season the other two 
will be lucky to sneak into the playoffs or make a run in the postseason. Let's get into this. Q, you want to start things off? Yeah, let's go ahead and start things off. I'd love to do that. Let me talk about the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, I've been riding Russell Wilson and the fact that I believe he should be the MVP of the league, uh, even though it's only, you know, going into week six. But uh, he's just playing at such a high level, and he's really carrying this team right now. They're giving up a historic amount of yards, uh, but he's still finding ways each and every game to pull it out or, you know, make it so they come out with a victory. They're undefeated on the season. Obviously, the NFC West is a very tough division with the Rams and the Cardinals and San Francisco looks like they're on a slide but uh, I believe in the magic of Russell Wilson I will say I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see the defense step up a little bit and give him a little bit of help but right now he hasn't needed it because he's found ways to to get it done so as far as a contender goes I'm looking squarely at the Seattle Seahawks on the strength of Russell Wilson I want to talk about a team that played on Tuesday night football. It was a Tuesday night party with the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans it was a pair of undefeated teams going up at each other and one didn't show up And this wasn't the first time that the Bills struggled this season. They had a big lead that they had squandered against the Los Angeles Rams, but they came out of there with the victory. I think that the Bills are pretenders this season. I think that what Sean McDermott is doing in Buffalo, he's doing, they're going in the right direction, but I'm not buying into him just yet. Still need to see some more seasoning, some more big plays from Josh Allen. He's completing passes at the highest percent in his career so far. But uh, still haven't seen enough from him accuracy-wise. 14 touchdowns, three picks, an interception uh, on Tuesday. Not much. I mean, they would have been a great landing spot for Le'Veon Bell, but I think he just wanted to get out of the state of New York in the New Jersey area. Uh, so, you know, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, TJ Yelding, that, uh, that core running backs, you're not seeing a lot of production from them yet. But the big thing about Buffalo is their defense isn't the same as it was last last year. Squandered the big lead to Los Angeles. They gave up a ton of points to Tennessee. They really are having a tough time slowing any teams that they face down, and that's a big difference. And we're gonna when when the games get uh, have more impact and the weather gets colder, if they can't slow down opposing offenses like they did last year with that top ten defense, uh, they're gonna have a big time struggle. You know really truly contending that's why i have them as pretenders right now q all right so uh, a pretender for me how about the tampa bay buccaneers right now they're tied for first in the nfc south with new orleans saints are sitting at three and two and uh, we all know that the super bowl is supposed to be played in tampa bay so they could possibly be that one team to host the super bowl uh they got tom brady they got gronkowski bruce arians is the mastermind and well in Tampa Bay, I feel like what we saw a week ago, uh, actually a little bit over a week ago, uh, Tom Brady started to look old and start to look like Father Time's catching up to him. Gronkowski looked like he was a little lost. I still think Bruce Arians got the dogs to get it done. I think he's got it upstairs. He's a good coach. I, I do believe in him. But I just don't think, I think this fairy tale ending for Tampa Bay is not going to be what everyone thought it was going to be or thinks it's going to be. You know, they got a tough game coming up against Green Bay. Uh, then they follow up with uh, the Raiders on uh, Sunday Night Football. And I'm not saying that they're the reason why Tampa Bay is not going to be a really good team. I'm just saying I don't think Tampa Bay is the team that everyone thought they were in the in the preseason or not preseason, in the offseason uh, when they moved on from Jameis Winston and brought in Tom Brady. So Tampa Bay uh, headlines my list of pretenders. Very undisciplined team leads the NFL with 42 penalties. And you got that with your elderly quarterback forgetting what down it is. It's not a good (laughs) recipe for success. Q let's get into the final 
uh, I guess this would be contender, and it was the Tennessee Titans. I was curious what we were going to see from Tennessee going from their miraculous playoff run, taking out the Ravens, ending the Brady tenure era in New England last year, if they were going to pick up where they left off, and they absolutely have. And we've seen Ryan Tannehill. He was the big question mark, and he has played lights out, and he has given uh, such balance to that offense. Um, that it's almost given a cushion to because their defense hasn't played that well, even with the addition of Javian Clowney. Like they're still trying to get things together here in Tennessee, and I I love what the Titans are doing. And anytime you if if things are going bad, you can just hand off to the big man Derrick Henry, who knocked Josh Norman into another stratosphere on Tuesday night. That's that's the luxury a lot of teams don't have. So I'm I'm a big believer in the Tennessee Titans, and if they can figure things out defensively, they're going to make more noise in this postseason like they did last postseason. I believe that 100%. And right now, it looks like they got a stranglehold on that division. Uh, Houston, obviously, has already fired their coach. The Jaguars is not very good. Phillip Rivers looks like the guy that was uh, getting pushed out of L.A. just a year ago now. So, yeah, I think that they already got that, that one step in the right direction, which is the division. And uh, once you get into the dance, man, anything's possible. So I think that's a really good, uh, uh, good contender right there. So uh, coming up in segment number two, we're going to open up our six-pack. We're going to tell you about the games that intrigue us. We call it the Sunday six-pack, but I'm I'm going to tell you right now, one of my games is Monday night. But it doesn't matter. It's still the six-pack. We're going to get into that next. Before we do, though, kind of want to tell you about something I do on the daily, and that's when I jump on the radio. I always crack open a, a, a rock star, an energy drink, because I just want to get that extra boost. I want to get through that wall, that 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 wall of, you know, just kind of not being in, in the zone that I want to be in. I always want to be a little bit more fired up. Well, now there's a better way to get through that wall and that's Built Go. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, what, what is Built Go? It's a healthy replacement for that energy drink that I was talking about because the energy, well, it's not fake. It's lasting. It's natural. And something about just that natural energy, that's what you want. It's like having a, a, a five-hour energy or that rock star I mentioned without that crash feeling. It's natural. It's better for your body. It comes in a 1.5-ounce package, and uh, it comes in a couple of different flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. Again, it's that energy. It's that five-hour energy without the crash, which is the most important thing. Uh, Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, fast so it gets into my system fast. Plus, like I mentioned before, it's very easy on the stomach. Matter of fact, collagen, man, if you don't know, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. And, Bo, I don't know about you, but I think we all could look just a little bit better. So, uh, you know, try that Built Go. Matter of fact, if you go to BuiltGo.com, you could use the promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED, 20% off at BuiltGo.com. It's from the great makers of Built Bar, but it's Built Go. Again, BuiltGo.com, promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your order. Let's go. Segment number two is on the way. Here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On NFL podcast on this Friday. Got Bo Brack, and you can find him on Twitter at Bob Rack, and that's the easiest way to find him, or your boy Q at your boy... And your boy Q, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. And, uh, Bo, it comes that time when we get into the six-pack. You find three games that intrigue you. I find three games that intrigue us. Uh, it's called the Sunday six-pack, but, you know, like I mentioned at the end of segment number one, I have a game that's going to be played on Monday night. So I guess I'm only going to have, uh, you know, not quite a six-pack on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to have to hang a couple over for uh, for Monday. But either way you look at it, it's still the six-pack. So why don't you go ahead and lead things off with uh, with one of your games? 
Let's crack a cold one, and one we've been waiting for now for two weeks. It's the Denver Broncos at 1-3, and three, taking on the 2-2 two and two New England Patriots. A COVID-19 postponed game, and I know it's been a logistical nightmare, but I'm glad this game was postponed, and then here's why. Because this attempt at it, we get to see not just second and third stringers from both teams, but now we get Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, and potentially Drew Locke back in the fold for the Broncos. So I'm... Um, I'm looking forward to this game. I know that the, the Broncos probably don't match the Patriots as far as all the talent on their roster. It's going to be a tough game for the Broncos, even if Locke is under center. But here's a guy that we only got to see really in the season opener. And then he was pretty much knocked out with the shoulder injury after that. So if we get to see an extended period of Drew Locke versus the Patriots, we kind of get a better idea of who the Patriots are. And if they can kind of be like uh, the Titans were on Tuesday, where they're coming off and they look fresh, then um, they should cruise to victory here. And I, I thought that was interesting because Bill Belichick, I always remember hearing the numbers, Bill Belichick coming off a bye week as Patriots head coach, 15-5. and five. Wow. So they're coming off the COVID-19 layoff. I expect the Patriots to roll here, but I'm intrigued because Drew Locke could potentially be back for this uh, Broncos offense and we get to see what we heard about all offseason for the second-year quarterback. Yeah, and I, I like what Drew Locke brings to the table. I like his mobility. I like the way he's able to, you know, move the pocket around. I don't think Denver's a very good team. I don't think Vic Fangio's a very good head coach. But with that being said, I think that he's an intriguing player to watch. So I, I'm intrigued to watch that. Again, I expect the Patriots to roll this game. I mean, I really do. Uh, but I will be locked in on Drew Locke just to see, you know, what he has if he's able to get back out there, what goods he has, and, and you know, what kind of player he could be for years to come has Denver found their guy they believe so but uh you know we'll, we'll have to see uh for our own eyes depending on what you know how the games shake out the rest of the way so yeah I'll definitely be paying attention to that game for that exact reason uh my first game in the six pack I think is a very intriguing one it's a rivalry game it's a division game how about the Browns and Steelers Browns are looking good they've won three in a row and oh by the way the Steelers have won four and oh they're undefeated and uh they haven't they haven't uh, been undefeated since like the 70s. You know, I mean, it's been forever, even though they're a really, really good team and they're traditionally a really good team. Uh, something's got to give here. You know, can the Browns continue to ride the the legs of uh, of uh, Kareem Hunt? Nick Chubb's not out there. Uh, he's banged up, so he's not going to play. But Kareem Hunt's been able to get it done. Uh, the Browns have found ways to, to get it done on the ground. Kevin Stefanski has had a really good uh, game plan going offensively. And, uh, of course, Baker Mayfield's there uh, doing his thing. He's kind of complimenting that run game. I don't think he's dominating the game but he's he's complimenting the run game and then Big Ben and the Steelers man they look really stinking good again like I mentioned undefeated for the first time since like the 70s can they extend that can they go 5-0 and uh, that defense looks good uh, obviously when Big Ben's out there you have a puncher's chance anyway so uh, they look like a really good team as well since it's a division game and a rivalry game I'm definitely intrigued by this one uh, ultimately I think the Steelers will squeak it out and move up to 5-0 and but Again, you never know how it goes out in, uh, in division games and rivalry games. Miles Garrett is playing at an NFL Defensive Player of the Year level. Six sacks. Hopefully he doesn't try to embed an opposing player's helmet yeah. into his temple this time around. But I think you're right. Big Ben's back. Chase Claypool had a coming out party last week. Four touchdowns out of Notre Dame. And shocker that the uh, Steelers were able to find in the draft another home run threat wide receiver. I think their offense is too much. Baker's kind of beat up a little bit. So is that offense, as you mentioned, Chubb, not there. It's uh, it's to Ernest goes to Camp Johnson, and Baker's hurting with that side injury. I think this is the Steelers this time around, but this is going to be a great rivalry the entire year. Let's keep this thing going. And uh, a team that got off the schneid last week 
And uh, we might we might talk to him a little foreshadowing before we meet with our guy Chad Millman, of course, going to give us the insight as far as betting's concerned in week six. The Houston Texans with Romeo Cornell coming in uh, and getting in their first victory of the season. They're now one and four against the four no Tennessee Titans. And you're like, well, this this should be a lopsided affair, right? The Titans, they looked incredible in dismantling the Bills on Tuesday night. Uh, they looked fresh off their layoff from COVID-19. But now how do they look on a short week? It all came together for Houston, though, under Cornell with a 30-14 to 14 win. Watson, he balled out 359 yards for Deshaun. Brandon Cooks looked like he's filling that void from Nook Hopkins. Eight catches, 161 yards. David Johnson, nearly 100 yards on the ground. And their defense played well. So I got to imagine... You know, Tennessee might be a little fatigued, but still should have enough left in the tank to kind of bring the Texans back down to earth. And their tough schedule continues outside of the Jags last week. I mean, they've just played murderers row where it's like Kansas City and Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And it continues here with Tennessee. And next thing you know, they're one and five. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's so funny because Houston, they got Green Bay around the corner as well. So uh, you're right oh. about that schedule, man. It just, the hits keep on co- coming. I don't know who they pissed off in the NFL <laughs> office, but they did because they got a tough, tough schedule. I think that uh, Tennessee is going to bring Houston back down to earth. Uh, I think that Tennessee realizes if they knock Houston down now that uh, they'll have that stranglehold on the division I mentioned earlier in the show. And uh, I think that it, the game is so important for them to pull off that victory. It's at their house. So I think that it should be uh, in their favor and uh, they'll go ahead and and you know Derrick Henry he'll be out there doing his thing I don't know if he'll be throwing players around like he did Josh Norman but I mean he's still he's such an animal man he's such a beast he, he's, he's just way too strong it's like a man amongst boys out there I think Tennessee gets this game they got a lot of mojo going right now they're feeling good about themselves and Houston has still uh, got a, a lot of questions to answer so I think that uh, Tennessee finds a way to put the nail in the coffin of the Houston Texans now, let me move on to uh, another one of my games for the six-pack. Matter of fact, my final one for Sunday. How about this one? How about the Rams at the 49ers? Another division game. I like these division games. Uh, a lot of fun to talk about. The Rams, they're doing really, really well, uh, sitting in second place right now in the NFC West. And the 49ers, they look like they're trending in the wrong direction. Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't look like he's the guy, but he, I know he's been banged up. But, man, his last performance, 7 for 17 for 77 yards, uh, two interceptions, no no, uh, no touchdowns, a terrible quarterback rating. Uh, I, I just don't know what to think of San Francisco. Super Bowl hangovers are real. I get that. But uh, they, they just look like they are on the struggle bus. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. Uh, I think the Rams keep cooking they win this game and San Francisco's uh they're left really behind uh asking a lot of questions like what in the world just happened yeah fourth loss in a tough NFC West I know you've got uh the Cardinals playing on Monday night football they could suffer their third loss just to kind of keep pace in that division but at the top it's the undefeated Seahawks and it's the LA Rams who are back after kind of a down year and a down year was nine and seven for the Rams last year they would have made in this new playoff format the postseason if it was you know, in place last year. I like what's going on. I think McVay's helping them rebound. They've got some fresher legs in there as opposed to some maybe overpaid veterans. And man, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrible against the Miami Dolphins. Yep. And it, I know that you mentioned that there's a ton of injuries. Richard Sherman, IR, Nick Bosa, IR. But man, this offense, most of their pieces are in place and they are not scoring the points that you would have thought necessary. Now, I know Jimmy G was dealing with an injury, but man, they are in a tough spot. And you're right. The Super Bowl hangover is real. Diners fans were high on this team, but the realities of the NFL and injuries happen. That's just that's just how it goes. And unfortunately, they're facing that ugly truth. 
Let me give you my last piece of the six-pack for the week. Cincinnati Bengals mm. at the Indianapolis Colts. And you're like, why are we talking about this game? Because Joe I Burrow. think Joey Burrow, <laughs> Joey B. Yeah. We love talking about him on this podcast. Yes. But uh, both of the teams coming off bad losses. But I, I think the Bengals could potentially rebound. I, you know, I'm more, I'm, I've got more confidence in Joe Burrow than I do in Phillip Rivers right now. I saw Phillip Rivers walking off a Zoom meeting earlier this week because he was upset that the reporter asked him about a back-breaking pick. You would think that he's used to it at this point. He's thrown a thousand of those things in his career. But, uh, I mean, unless Phillip Rivers is, I guess, uh, demoted to game manager, which is where he should be at this point in his career, you know, I I think that the Colts offense is going to continue to struggle. They got to be like a, a run first, you know, him not hoisting the ball more than 25 per game, 25 times per game. I want to see a lot of Joe Burrow. I like their offense in this game against the Colts. Um, you know, it's Burrow, it's Joe Mix is, is getting it on the going on the ground. Tyler Boyd and AJ Green seems like he might be poised because of all his frustrations this past week. He might show up, but I know that that uh, it's it's possible it doesn't happen, but I like the rest of this offense. Yeah, I, I don't like the Colts and what they got going on. Phillip Rivers looks like old man Rivers again. I mean, he just <laughs> he had a couple games where he's like, oh, man, he's got a resurgence. And then all of a sudden you realize why the Chargers were so willing to let him go. And we're looking for a quarterback of the future who, by the way, they got in Justin Herbert, just in case anyone <laughs> was asking any questions. Justin Herbert is the absolute truth. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Cincinnati will find a way to get this game over and, and win uh, over over the Colts just I just don't buy what the Colts are selling right now, and uh, it just—it's unfortunate because that division could be uh, fun. That uh, that AFC South could really be a fun division race, but I think now it's all about the Titans, and they're just kind of running away with it. The Jaguars stink, the Texans stink, and the Colts—they're really close to being in that same category. Stink. So we'll we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I think that the Bengals find a way to win that game over the Colts. My final game for the six-pack, I I told you I had one on Monday, and these two teams are coming off a loss. Kansas City and Buffalo. KC loses to the Raiders 40-32. Not mad at that at all. Uh, Definitely was uh, pretty thrilled by that one. Uh, And then Buffalo, you know, they they actually took it, got... Took it on the chin, man. The Titans gave them the business. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. They're playing on Monday night. How do these two teams rebound from a loss? Kansas City doesn't lose too often. And look, it was the first uh, loss of the season for both teams, so it's not like they're in a in a bad spot. They might fall out of the playoffs. I mean, they're still two really good teams. Kansas City, um, I, I feel like even without Le'Veon Bell playing, they have so many weapons that they'll find a way to bounce back. I know the game's on the road, but they'll find a way to bounce back and just uh, be right there where they need to be. And Maybe it's a close game, but I think that they'll pull it out at the end. I want to see how Josh Allen, who is getting all kind of love and getting even MVP considerations and conversations around him, how he bounces back by a really bad performance that he had against the Tennessee Titans. Can he flush that game and get back out to just playing? Or is that something that's going to linger in his head and, and keep him kind of held back? You know, you're not allowed, you're not supposed to allow a loss to beat you twice. Can Josh Allen flush that and not allow that loss uh, to Tennessee beat them twice? It's, it's tough. You know, you played Tuesday night, but You've mentioned it on this podcast before. You have a rough performance. Sometimes the best thing is just to get right back out there. And Monday night football, the lights are going to be on. I know it's uh, your, your, your schedule's in flux, but you're going up against the defending champs. And did the Raiders show maybe a little bit of a blueprint or did they just ball out against the Chiefs? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be another humbling game for the Buffalo Bills who came out on a 4-0 start. Next thing you know, in a matter of days, they're going to be four and two licking their wounds. 
uh, trying to figure things out. It's locked on. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. Our guy Chad Millman from the Favorites Podcast. The Action Network joins us next. Are we going to ride an interim head coach this week like we did last week for a betting victory plus other spreads that can win you some cash in week six? We're going to get into it. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You're back. Locked on NFL Fridays. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. And back to pick winners. Continuing his ongoing feud with Q, our guy Chad Millman (laughs) from the Action Network. He joins us every Friday, helping us win some cold, hard cash. That's exactly what he did last week. I went 4-1 just following Chad's directions. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Chad Millman. Check out his podcast, The Favorites, for more insight into NFL Week 6 actions. So, we rode the coattails of an interim head coach to victory in Romeo Cannell and the Texans last week, beating up at the Jags. Are we feeling that confident with Raheem Morris and the same with the Falcons against a one-win Minnesota team next week or this week? We are, so let's caveat, like, we hope this game is played because the Falcons did shut down their facility. Again, they're emphasizing that it's out of caution because they had a positive COVID test on their staff. But uh, yeah, on the field, you're getting value in this game because what you're looking at is like a Minnesota team that came really close. And I know close doesn't count in the record books, but came really close to beating Seattle in prime time. And they looked pretty good doing it. And so that's a game that's a team that everybody was watching. Everyone's going to have a strong opinion on, number one. Number two, you got a Falcons team that just fired its coach. And so Outside of the uh, sort of the universe of sports fans who might follow this kind of thing, you're talking about an, a, a winless team that has a bad reputation. So it's a little bit inflated as it is with bookmakers expecting enticing money to come in on the Vikings from the public, knowing that they might get a little wise guy money in the Falcons. They're going to get wise guy money in the Falcons. And Chris Raybon, one of our writers, wrote an amazing story this past week about like Dan Quinn and his against the spread record. Dan Quinn against the spread was one of the worst coaches in the NFL. And it's one of these times when a betting stat actually is the right number to look at when trying to analyze and survey historical precedent and sort of what's happening in the league writ large. The best coaches against the spread are the coaches who cover when they're expected to cover as favorites, cover when they're not expected to cover as underdogs, or just don't cover. And like, those are the three outcomes, right? Bill Belichick is amazing against the spread. Dan Quinn was terrible against the spread. Not only was he terrible against the spread, he was 18 and 34 as a favorite. That tells you that this is a team and a coach that could not get prepared and would not meet expectations when they were perceived to be the better team. But we know that teams that when they are underdogs uh, and they they have new coaches, they tend to outperform by, say, 2 to 3%. And that's a huge edge in betting. So it's a very long-winded, detailed way of saying go birds. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Long-winded answers are okay, especially if you help someone win some money. Now, Chad, one of the biggest storylines in the NFL, I, I believe, this past week has been uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the fact that Dak Prescott, the quarterback, is out for the season. Uh, that's going to change the game, I believe, in a, in a Dallas team that's only uh, won two games, definitely underperformed. They're going up against uh, an Arizona team that uh, has been pretty hot this season. Uh, I think it's opened a lot of people's eyes. They're playing on Monday Night Football. Dallas is at plus two. What are your thoughts on this one? 
So I like Dallas in this game, and I think it's largely because there's been too much of an adjustment. Um, the Cardinals are good, no doubt, but Kyler Murray hasn't been amazing the past couple of weeks. And whereas the beginning of the year, they were undefeated, he was looking like an MVP candidate, he, he's been incredibly inaccurate. Um, it's been a lot of sort of pull the ball down and run. Uh, and while this Cowboys defense, believe me, is terrible and dreadful, uh, I don't know that even with Andy Dalton, they should be underdogs at home right now. So uh, I like the Cowboys as underdogs at home. Yeah, Kyler beat up on a Jets defense last week, but uh, in the, the Dallas Cowboys, I hear what you're saying. They've got a bad defense as well, but I've, I've seen the inconsistencies as well. A guy who hosts the Arizona Cardinals podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So I know exactly what you're talking about with the inconsistency. Go on the road. First Monday night game for Kyler Murray. The pressure is going to be pretty huge. We'll see how he performs. It should be fun nonetheless. Let's go to another game. A team that's won me a lot of money lately, including beating up on the Arizona Cardinals in the Carolina Panthers, and they're taking on the upstart Chicago Bears. Where do you see this game going? It's a tight spread, so it's kind of a pick em plus one going, I think, right now in Carolina's favor. Yeah, so um, listen, if we were on video right now, you would see a huge Chicago Bears World Championship banner uh, from 1985 uh, over my left shoulder. Uh I'm from Chicago. I grew up there. I have allegiance to the Bears. That said, I'm always willing to bet against them because I know how bad they are. In this case, in this case, I feel like they are the right side. And this game opened at Bears plus three. So what I will say is that I I liked the Bears a lot more when it was plus three. And there's an old axiom in betting. you got to get the best of the number. And um, you're not getting it anymore because now the number is down to one and a half. And what that tells you is that the professional bettors have been coming in on the bears because professional bettors, uh, because the p public is not coming in on Carolina. Like they're just they're, That's not a team that they feel really strongly that the, the public is coming in on Carolina. They're not coming in on the bears. They've seen Carolina win the last few weeks. They've seen them win in convincing fashion. They've seen them win against teams when they weren't supposed to. Um, so they're going to be getting the support here. Uh, it's really about what the professionals are doing, and they've already taken the value out of the Bears. So I liked it at three. It's okay at one and a half, but I don't love it at one and a half. One game I'm really intrigued by, uh, Tampa Bay against Green Bay. Obviously, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay flying high. Tampa Bay coming off a loss and kind of looking like they're coming back down to earth. Tampa Bay is at plus one right now or maybe even possibly a pick em by the time it kicks off. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? So it's another game where the line has moved quite a bit. It opened with Packers at minus three, and the wise guys all came in like immediately. You know, Bo, you mentioned my podcast, The Favorites. I've got a professional better on there every week and we record Tuesday afternoons and um, we immediately targeted this game. Like this was our game where we saw the pan, we saw the bucks as plus three and we're like, this is insane. Like this is a, this is exactly what we're talking about where it's like buy low, sell high. And look, the Packers have been amazing. They're undefeated. Aaron Rodgers looks rejuvenated. The last time you saw Tom Brady, he couldn't remember if it was fourth down and they just looked bad, right? But I think that's when you bet on a team like the Buccaneers who still have a really, really good defense. Probably the hardest defense the Packers have faced. Um, and so I'm going to be all in on the Bucs. Again, 
I liked him a lot more at three. It's now one. Q, you say it could be pick, and it's entirely possible by the time the game kicks off. So if you like it and you're listening to this podcast, go get it now. That's right. The podcast is the favorite part of the Action Network. Chad Millman, give him a follow on Twitter, at Chad Millman. And you mentioned something pretty interesting earlier where you're kind of betting with your head and not with your heart because of a team that broke it so many times in the Chicago Bears. We did find out that you're a super fan as well. But this is a team that I followed closely, grew up in the area, Washington football team. They have continuously broken my heart. Them going up against the New York Giants, who we won some money with last week against Dallas on the road. Who do you like between Danny Dimes and the G-Men against the Washington football team, which is in complete disarray? Yeah, it's another one. And like a lot of times they call the the betting against your team, they call that the emotional hedge, right? Like <laughs> that way, that way, if like you lose the game, at least you won a few bucks. Sure. Um, and in Washington, Kyle Allen is going to be playing again. You've got a defensive line that I think is pretty good. And so against a New York Giants team that because they were in a game that was the most watched game of the weekend and the most watched game in that window in five years for uh, CBS that broadcast the game, a lot of people saw that and thought, I'm going to bet on the Giants this weekend. And what happens is, what happens is like, the the bookmakers know that they can get the public to come and bet on the Giants. And the wise guys have been sort of taking bites out of the Washington football team. It opened at three and a half. It's down to two and a half at some places. It's at three other places. I think if you want the if you want the Washington football team, you got to get it now because any lower, any more money, any more wise guy money coming in on Washington, and you're not going to have that value of the three. And three is a key number, meaning you know, the majority of the games, they will end on three, seven, four, and 10. And um, this feels like a three-point game. So you want to be, a, uh, you don't want to be on the wrong side of that one. It's our guy, Chad Millman. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Chad Millman. You're listening to the favorites on the Action Network. He's our guy that's going to hook us up with the insight for making the right moves come Sunday. Let's make some money this weekend, Chad. You bet, fellas. Good to see you. Great stuff, as always, from our guy, Chad Millman, the Action Network. That's going to wrap things up for us. We've got a great weekend of football ahead of us. I hope you guys are all pumped, ready for Peter Bukowski to break it down on Monday's edition of Locked On NFL Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods, your boy Q254, and me, Bo Brock. Easiest way to find it, just type in Bob Rack Q. Enjoy your weekend, man. Looking forward to the games. Absolutely. The one good thing about this weekend, actually the greatest thing about this weekend, I don't have to worry about the Raiders winning or losing because they're on a bye. So I'm good. I know it'll be a great week of or a great weekend of football action. Enjoy it. Uh, good luck to your team, your Arizona Cardinals, on Monday night against the Cowboys, and we'll be back next Friday doing the same thing.